If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to MyGreenSolution.com. Use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. With me today is DNVR Avalanche guru, AJ Hayfley. What's up, dude? And uh, we're going to do some fun stuff today. First, uh, we're going to talk baseball, and then a little bit later on, we're going to talk hockey uh, but this is the baseball podcast, so yeah. I figured we'd, we'd start with that. I think that makes most sense. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there's very little going on, of course, in the world of Rockies or Major League Baseball. Uh, we could begin in any number of places, but I wanted to start uh, with the, the Larry Walker induction because I appreciated you coming out to the uh, celebratory, as it turned out to be, event that we had over at Blake Street Tavern. And I, I just wanted to get your top takeaways from your perspective being in that room uh hearing the news and and kind of now absorbing it these last couple of days uh i was pretty shocked i i really didn't think it was gonna happen and i did not know how to react when the when they announced it i didn't really celebrate i cried for like 20 minutes uh it was it was intense it was cool it uh it meant a lot uh, you know, Walker was my, my dad's favorite player when I was growing up. And so there was always that, that connection and it was, it was shocking and it, it feels like the Rockies are a real franchise now. Yeah. You know, they have a hall of famer, they have a world series appearance. They, you know, they've, they've had a, they have an iconic stadium that everybody knows. Like it's, it feels like everything that you're supposed to do 
in baseball to be considered a real franchise they have now accomplished. Yeah, it, it really did. You could feel in the room this kind of outpouring of, it was almost relief of that finality, right? It, it felt like validation yeah. of your entire Rockies fandom. Yeah. Has it sunk into you? So it's been a couple of days since I've done the podcast or whatever. One of the things that I looked back on and there was the moment where I had to go around and give a fist bump to every single person in the room. There was one person who didn't, a camera guy from uh, uh, a media outlet. I won't out you. I, I respected. He told me he's I remain neutral and I respect that. But literally every other person in the room, give me a little dap. That was one thing. I Have some back fun, on. dude. Just, yeah. Don't be so serious. Um, but it, to me, it's it's crazy because I've I. I think I wrote my first and really most definitive Larry Walker belongs in the Hall of Fame article seven years ago. <laughs> and so this has been a long, long time. And and I don't think I fully realized that until the moment it happened and, mm-hmm. and how stupefied I've been. And honestly, and we'll get into all the other stuff, but how completely it did wash away for at least a day and a half for me. And I've been able to get back into it, and I've written some things. Actually, we both have. (laughs) We're working on some stuff on the other problem. But I I really just, it didn't, I was shocked by how much, to me, Larry Walker getting into the Hall of Fame just made all that other stuff not matter for a minute. It was kind of like having uh, a sinus infection. And, like, the Walker induction like was like like you neti potted it away. (laughs) And then... (laughs) now a couple of days later, it's like, all right, well, we're back to having a sinus infection. But it was it was great for that like two days where it was like it was just like it was like walking on cloud nine, man. It was amazing. It it felt it felt great, uh, and it was shocking because it, I had never. I mean, ten years of this. You think we waited a decade to see it happen yeah. from when he first became eligible, and it never felt like he was close. Right, like year seven, it was he was at like what, like twenty percent or something, right? And so it was just like, oh, he's gonna hang on through the end, and then we'll drop off the ballot and disappear into the ether, right? And all of a sudden, you know, he catches fire in the last couple of years, and it turns into a real conversation, and he made it, and I just. So much of his candidacy, candidacy had felt like a referendum on Rockies baseball as a whole. And that's why when he made it, it felt like a validation. Right. Like, Rockies players are now taken seriously by kind of the gatekeepers of history. Right, right. Of the game's history. Right. And that there will be a Colorado Rocky baseball cap in the Hall of Fame, I think, just it's special. Yeah. It's it's special that he's going to wear it and that he earned it and you know Todd Helton got what 29% of the vote this year in his second year. Yep. Let's let's, let's fire it up. Let's, let's do go. it again. I I I'm eight totally more years. And I I don't know how much drama there was around which cap was he was going to wear going in, but I think much like again you were in the room even when they said, mm-hmm. you know, two there we welcome two members. I think most of us were pretty sure who they we, were talking we about. We had a good feeling, but I there was part of me that just felt like we were gonna this was gonna be Yankees and Red Sox again. And it was just gonna be Jeter and devastating. Oh, and it can was you just, imagine? Yes. <laughs> That's why when they said two members, like my brain was like, Oh my god, he made it and then 
like the cynic in me that expects the worst all the time was like, oh no, this is going to be even worse now. Oh. Because there's this momentary feeling of it being, oh my God, he made it. And then he made it. And then he 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 did. And so I think there was a similar, not quite as intense feeling when he announced a day and a half or so later that he, he will go in wearing the Rockies cap. and which I was, Which was cool, but it was like, had he gone with the Expos, I would have understood. And I would have been like, that's fine. Everybody knows, still knows he's a Rocky. It's, right. It's cool. Plus, that's a cool, like the Expos. Expo's swag is just objectively dope. Yeah. Uh, but in the same way Hartford Whaler stuff is cool because it's just like they don't exist anymore. Right. Now it, you look back on it and you're like, oh, it was actually pretty awesome looking. Right. right. Um, but yeah, and, and he sent out a little, a nice little note to Rockies fans, which was cool. Yeah. Um, so, it, th- all right, enough of the good feelings. Let's, let's jump into the other stuff we're alluding to here. I know you've got a lot That's of. Great. Uh, strong feelings and opinions. If anyone doesn't know, you've been a long time baseball guy. It's not like uh, yeah. me getting into the hockey. This yeah. so we are on very different terms here. You've been invested in this team for a very long time, and this is as big a mess as we've ever seen them in. What's your top line current takeaway from this, Jeff Breidich? Nolan Arenado situation. You know, there's there's a certain reality that you accept when you follow the Rockies and like you love <laughs> the Rockies. You you understand that your team isn't going to win every year. You're not going to be competitive every single season. There's a certain amount of loss that you just inherently accept. And that's just part of it. I think that's part of being a baseball fan outside of the top couple of major markets that can afford to spend their way to competitiveness or a Cardinals fan where they're just wildly competent every year. Uh, so that a bad season is like an they got weird magic win season and voodoo. It's like, Shut yeah, up. they got, yeah, I know. It's just, a, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We get like an 83 win season and we're kind of like, well, you know what? Had some fun at the ballpark this year, you know? And I think that's, that's just kind of the different reality that Rockies fans live in. We understand, uh, that that there's a certain level of acceptance of mm. I don't want to say mediocrity, but you don't. It, it, this isn't the Broncos, you know. You're not holding the organization to this really high standard because it's just never been there before, and you know that there are financial realities. You understand this is at best always going to be a mid market franchise, right? And at least unless there's an ownership change, but under the Munfords, at best, this will only ever be a mid-market franchise. Right. And what Breidich has done here, it's complicated because he deserves plenty of credit for a lot of things that are in place that are good. He deserves a lot of blame, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. For a lot of the negative things that are in that that are in place, you know, and some of them, and I say this a lot on the Avs show, that I can live with aggressive mistakes, and that's what he made. He went out finally, and the Rockies went out and spent a bunch of money on free agents, and they got aggr- they were aggressively attacking problems, right? And I liked that. I didn't like how the money got spent. But I liked that they were that he was aggressive, and they've all blown up in his face, and that has sucked. 
Some of it was very predictable. Some of it was not. But this with Nolan, this is the most unavoidable, arrogant, and offensive thing that I think I have ever seen uh, in Colorado sports as a Colorado sports guy. Wow. I don't I don't think that I can the only other thing that that would compare it is when Dan Reeves drafted Tommy Maddox in the first round when John Elway was his quarterback. Yeah. And there was and it was obvious like there was just a hatred there. And and ultimately who won that battle? Right. Yeah. LA is still a demigod in this town, won Super Bowls both as a player and GM. And Dan Reeves is like, oh yeah, we remember. Remember when he was? Remember when he was the coach and the Broncos beat him in the Super Bowl, and that felt really good because f that guy. Yeah, and that's how this should. That's how this should go. Except that Jeff Breidich won't get another job elsewhere. He will disappear back into baseball's unknown circles, and he'll have a job doing something. But he'll never. He'll never run an organization again. And he'll never be trusted to make a major decision again in his career, and he shouldn't. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not exactly a wishy washy take. I, you know, it, it's interesting to me because I've been asked many, many times, and probably every single day this off season, why do I defend Jeff Breidich so much? And I, I try to make a slightly pedantic correction and say. I don't really defend him. I explain mm. what he's doing. And I, I was on your side of this <clears throat> until the Nolan stuff. Well, and, and so was I. <laughs> I, you know, because I can only analyze what I know to be absolutely true. And I still stand by the analysis that when it comes to the actual moves that he's decided to or or rather even not decided to make this offseason I think it's for a reason and I think it's for a smart one and I do think there's a difficulty we talked about this on uh, TDSP when uh, Zach Stevens said you know is it just as easy as getting rid of Breidich and I talked about the complications of Coors Field and it's just this kind of brutal irony, this maybe the most Rockies thing ever, that somebody who I think was intently focused on solving that problem and actually making headway also has this inability, apparently, to communicate with the most important person in the organization without making him feel disrespected. And you... There's no there's no amount of the first thing I was talking about that makes up for the second thing. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. I mean, so I could make those arguments all day and and I've seen some stuff out there and I and I agree with some of the minor like culpability for Nolan Arenado. And there is a part of me that just goes, "Man, if you just kept it to yourself." Yeah. But Man, you, you you have to go one step farther back and go, man, Jeff, if you'd only 
not made him feel so much that way because it was out of character. He came out later. There's kind of been the most minimal attempt at a mea culpa here. He released one more statement saying, I'm putting this behind us. I'm going to be at spring training. I'm going to be ready to go. A dude's going to hit 400 in the first two months of the season or something. But, like, they're really going to show up at spring training Rockies Fest tomorrow. Our guy Patrick Lyons just tweeted out the list of people who are going to be there. And it's just, it's very, I mean, Bud Black. Okay. I mean, cool. I mean, what's he going to do? Well, and you know, every, every player on this list uh, and Bud Black, that every, every MLB player on this list is going to be asked about it. Yeah. And Bud Black is going to be asked about it. And you know Bud Black's answer. I can already tell you what it's going to be. And that's, you know, we're excited to have Nolan here in spring training. Uh, what what was said behind closed doors will remain behind closed doors. Right. And, you know, I respect that that's their relationship and it doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm focused on making this a better ball club and getting back to the postseason. Exactly. Somebody quote that and see how close I come when right. he answers that question right. tomorrow. Right, right. And someone got to stand up and say, what about stuff that wasn't said behind closed doors but texted to Thomas Harding and Troy Rank? What about those things? Can we talk about this stuff? Right. And just texting reporters. It's going to be it's going to be deflect. Project into the future. That's that's where we're headed. Right. But it's going to be real awkward. Yeah, I can't wait. It's like the uh, dark cloud <laughs> hanging over everybody, especially poor Josh Fuentes. I know this list. Is so, so, like, Vinny Castilla gets a forever out. Like, he might be the one guy. No one's going to ask Vinny Castilla about this. They're going right. to ask him, like, hey, can you still hit a ball 400 feet? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Let's go do it. Uh, story is going to get wrapped up. And so he's going to well, have to. He's, he's Maybe the, more than anybody else. Right, because he's the star player that's going to be there. Uh that, you think anybody just, will ask about the 750k they're going to arbitration oh my over? Goodness gracious, <laughs> David Dahl. I'm actually a little bit surprised they're making him be there just because he doesn't want to answer questions about this stuff or about his injury. But being an all because he might get just, hurt walking around. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Kyle Freeland can answer questions about having a seven ERA last season. Well, I I think but Freeland. But the fans, the fans are going to be like not hard on him, right? Right. I mean, I don't think the but, fans. I don't. I I can't imagine there's going to be a single person in attendance at Fan Fest who's going to like go after Kyle Freeland. Probably and, not. And be like aggressive with the questioning of him because that would be. That would be insane, that man. That would be like, insane. The like, funny thing about that to me, though, is that Freeland is ha- like has as much responsibility for last season going south as anybody. It's it, just yeah, but I mean, he's things happen in baseball. That's so. right, and he's twenty four, twenty five, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, of course, Chichi Gonzalez and Antonio Sensatella are going to be there. Chichi's great, actually. If anybody could defuse this situation, I would elect Chichi Gonzalez president of the Colorado Rockies. Maybe they should. Maybe they should make him the official mediator. That, that get get Brighter to Nolan and Chichi in a room and just have Chichi be like, okay. I think AJ may have just come up with the only actual possible <laughs> solution to this problem. Uh, Brendan Rogers is going to be there again, man. It's, an, it's a tough. That's a tough crowd like yeah that's a, that's let's a talk t- about those 80 at bats <laughs> right 
Uh, Sam Hilliard, he'll be he'll be having a great time. Oh, every, and everybody will be very excited about very excited Slam Hilliard. Yeah. Oh yeah, Slam. Josh Fuentes, don't make him be there. Come don't on. just don't let him talk to people in I, public. No Q and A for him. If you're listening to this and you're going to Fan Fest and you are and you are, don't don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Leave Josh alone. This is not his deal. There's gonna be a there's, there's, there's all, gonna be a viral <laughs> video of you laying in bed. Leave Josh alone. <laughs> Look, man, there, he already gets enough. Hey, did you know you're Nolan Arenado's cousin? Yeah, Questions. Right. Like, he knows. He knows. This is not his problem. And then I why are these three here? Tyler Nevin, that'll be interesting. I know that I know they're high on him. I mean, famous. They guy. added him to the forty. Yeah. I mean, he can rake when he's healthy. Uh like I think he's gonna be a thing, but I still think he's like a year away. Maybe well, they think he's closer. Doesn't have the power that he uh doesn't doesn't have the power for a corner bat. Yeah, but he do, does everything else. Like he'll hit you, and he could hit forty doubles in a year, but he's gonna hit twelve home right. runs, and he's gonna walk a lot. I like that. I, I just in a, in a world where the home run is now, yeah, it's it's he's sort of an odd projection. I also haven't. This is gonna be a weird <clears throat> sentence. I haven't seen his body in a couple of years, um, but he was always one of the. When I first met him, he was tall, lanky, thin, mm. and you're, you're just looking. I'm like, well, he's gonna fill out. Yeah. So I wonder if he's one of those guys that by the time he maybe this next year in AAA, you'll start seeing a bit more. He needs of that. to. Yeah, he's I gonna end Don up like Nunez a little bit. He's gonna end up like John Olerud, like <laughs> an oh, like a first baseman. Ain't, ain't like, nothing wrong with John like, Olerud. Yeah, hits like what, like two ninety and. Yeah. Ten home runs a year. And then, yeah, Ryan Rollison and Ryan Vallade, I don't know, meeting a Ryan quota. I have no cool. idea why those guys are going to be there. Like top pitching prospect and then Ryan Vallade. I like Vallade. I do too, but like, yeah. Yeah. Vallade is a pretty good example okay, of the weakness you. of the system these days because he's a top like 10 prospect for them. And it's like he's a, what, like a 40, 45 projection? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's all right. He'll be all right. But, uh, all right, so before we get back into this, we got to mention Bojo's because, well, I just love them. And, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to hit that up at some point this weekend because I'm going to be driving around. You know what's interesting? I, I was thinking about this when we were at the Walker Hall of Fame thing, and I hadn't mentioned it before when we first got Bojo's as a sponsor. But it used to be like a, a family tradition for us to, whenever we drove over to the side to come to Rockies games, stop in Idaho Springs, you know, sort of in between, yeah, absolutely. you know, from the Western Slope, stop off at, at Bojo's. The OG. Yeah, the OG. And so I've just kind of had this, like, lifelong connection to it and, and sort of I, I, when the the one in Boulder back in the day, I watched a Super Bowl there with my dad. I, like, have all these weird random connections with Bojo's. And so, like, it's just amazing how we get these sponsors from these Colorado places that have like been institutions for yeah. my whole life. Like, you know like, like places we all have memories growing up. And right. Of course, I don't. You know, I don't have a Bojo's no, yeah, memory yeah. until I was like twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your discovery? Like, what was your like moment? Um, I was. It was at the Idaho Springs yeah. and Bojo's, and I was there with like my second set of parents uh, who live here in Colorado, and. They were like, "Oh, you got to try Colorado pizza," and I was like, "What's that? What, what is what is Colorado and, pizza? Yeah, New York, and, Chicago. Okay, and then, I know what those are." And then, like, we get it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a lot of crust." Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then you know you try it with the honey, and it's just like this makes sense now, right? 
It's a whole it collection like, of flavors I right. didn't know I needed. It was like a light bulb went off, and I was like, all right, these guys did it. They made a Colorado-style pizza. I know. I love it. It's absolutely amazing. I love it when you can have your own version of a thing. I'm very, very and big it's, on and that. And it's not, like, lame. Yeah. Well, right. Because, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that. Let's sidebar, sidebar, whatever. But I tried writing a song about Colorado for like seven years, and I wrote like six that I hated and just threw away because mm-hmm. that's a really difficult thing to do and not make absolutely lame. And then I finally eventually came up with one where I was like, I guess this is okay. I put it out and people liked it. But it was like, it, because it, it was probably awesome. because it took seven years of, <laughs> you know, trying to not make it lame. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's basically what Breckenridge Brew and Bojo's have done. It's like, no, we just worked really, really hard to make sure this wasn't lame, but it's definitely our own thing. Definitely. I'm drinking the Colorado Core right now uh, because it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and it's been that kind of week for (laughs) the Colorado Rockies. 1 o'clock right now, it's like 5 o'clock somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. There you go. Where, wherever the Titanic is laying right. at the bottom of the ocean, out at sea, five o'clock. That's, there you go. They're having they're having a drink. It's a great memory to drink too. So, to back up from <laughs> <laughs> the current, the last five days, which really have been, I've been following this team since they've existed. This has been one of the craziest news cycles, probably the craziest. It's been memorable for yeah. a team that doesn't like to make waves. Yeah, for one that seems very negative attention averse. Yeah. Uh, one that likes to live very much inside of its own kind of isolated right. uh, bubble. I they guess. seem mostly fine with the days that the uh, media core is like me, Thomas, Patrick, and Nick. Yeah, like they're like cool. I cover one of those types of teams too, <laughs> yeah. where there's like three of us there, and you're just and they're like, yeah, this is about what we're after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is there a way to separate now? <laughs> Maybe there's not. Analysis of the upcoming baseball season for the Colorado Rockies and the absolute mess that they currently sit inside of. Like, can you just stand? No. No, there's no There's way. not there's, right. because there's two, there's two big things that are still – we can't just pretend like the Nolan thing is just going to go away. Right. They they won't talk about it, and they'll, they will go into spring training with both Breidich and Nolan. Ugh. And – Everybody's just going to pretend, right? But it's everybody's going to know. It's going to be that that unspoken thing. It's going to be like when Matt Duchesne showed up and had requested to be traded, and he showed up to to the first day. Uh, he showed up to media day and said, walked in and said, "I'm not talking to the media. I'm just here for the boys. I'm here for my teammates. I'm here for the fans." I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not getting involved in any of this and left and made it a bigger story because of that. That's exactly what you're headed for. Yeah. And the other the other piece of business is Trevor Story's contract. Right. Because while arbitration is usually more of a deadline in in both baseball and hockey we have this problem of you don't go to arbitration and sit down on the other side of the table and tell your player why he doesn't deserve the money he does. So because you that's just don't stupid. you don't do it. It's there's an infamous hockey story about one of the a player went in and his team made him cry. Ugh. And yeah, obviously that went well. Yeah. Um but there's there's the the Trevor story 
the Trevor Story situation just isn't going away. Right. And I know that you were optimistic that they were going to do like they did with Nolan. But if you're in Trevor Story's shoes, you can't do that now. Right. You can't commit to this organization beyond a year. At this point, you're looking at arbitration as your way out and not anything else. Not as a means to get a long-term contract and to set himself up for life and to decide his baseball future. That's off the table for him now. He cannot realistically do that. He would have to be insane. Insane. To commit after the way that they've treated Nolan and... You can't look at this without also thinking about the Tulowitzki stuff, which at the time felt like an isolated incident. He had kind of an edge to him and kind of a sharper personality where there were a lot of fans that were not overly fond of Tulo the person. And so they didn't I, – I don't think that there was as much there, – there, people just weren't up as upset. Right? Absolutely. And absolutely. But now you look at it in hindsight and you're like, okay, this is now a pattern. This is this is now multiple times that this has happened. Right. Where players have specifically used the word disrespect. Right. Like from the nerd running the team, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's I don't know. Whew. Spicy. I mean, yeah. Are it, you serious with this? Like, there's no way Trevor Story can can commit and they still have that piece of business. For, forget making the team better and getting a, a player from the outside yeah. to somehow say yes to them. Yeah. They have to get one of their own to say yes to them, and he has no reason to. No. Uh, the John, longer John Gray, either. Every single day that Jeff Breidich remains, in, uh, remains employed by this organization, it gets harder for every player on that roster to sign another contract with them. That's brutal. That's I mean, it's it's almost impossible to argue against though. The only thing I can see is they're putting all their eggs in the basket of they're going to be good and it will wash it all away. There is and and if that's the case then they there start is, 13 and 2. You're right. We'll see that right. So then all of a sudden then there is more pressure on the Colorado Rockies to win than there has ever been before and almost no expectation that they will. Yeah? Yeah. I mean... Nobody's going to believe. It, I mean, it's, all, it's, it's hard enough. You have all the down years and the dysfunction and all that that happened last year. Bad luck and bad breaks and uh, guys that are underperformed wildly. Now you have a locker room problem on top of that that you created. Yeah. This is a self-inflicted gunshot wound. If it goes the other way and they start 3-12 and 12 like they did last year, do you think Nolan gets traded or do you think Jeff Breidich gets fired? It, I, I absolutely... I'll frame it this way. If the Dick Munford email is real... Uh, about the disrespect. How did we disrespect him? Yeah. If that's real uh-huh. and that's truly his attitude, no one's getting traded. It won't be because he's he's already sided with management at that point. Yeah. That would be 
he's already put himself in bed with Jeff Breidich over Nolan Arenado at that point because he fails to see how, again, assuming that that's real. Right. Because that's the context in which I'm using to right, frame right, this right, answer. Right. If that's not real, I have no idea because I don't, I don't know Dick Munford. I don't know how he feels about it. And I would just be projecting. Right. And I'd just be throwing a dart like everybody else. Right. Uh, I certainly, like, how many how many GMs have the Rockies had in our history? Like three? Yeah, three or four, yeah. I just don't see Dick Munford rocking the boat. Jeff Bright I mean, had tried. trade of Nolan Arenado would be pretty bow rocky. Traded star players before. Yeah. It's the reality again. But not like there's an this. inherent acceptance of you're going to lose players from the Rockies. And I think that that starts with management on the way down. You have to make decisions. And for whatever reason, until they're not, they're wed to Jeff Predich. And would all be, the consequences that come from it. That would be a colossal mistake. <laughs> I mean, that would be that he still has a job today. Is a colossal mistake. And every day they compound it by by not making the obvious move here. You want to get rid of all the bad PR of the offseason. You want to give your chance to, uh, give yourself a chance to sign a Trevor Story to an, a, a, a long-term contract. And not just Trevor Story. All the guys who accepted arbitration, they're all going to be in this position again in a year. Right. You want to sign John Gray. You want to sign David Dahl. You want to sign Kyle Freeland. To long-term deals and keep these cats around. Yeah. Every single day that Jeff Breidich remains employed, it gets less likely that those things will happen. Because you can't trust him. Those players can never trust him again to build a positive relationship. Nolan Arenado took the ultimate leap of faith with Jeff Breidich and the Rockies. And within a year... Jeff Breidich had taken that leap of faith and burned it to the ground. Yeah. As just man-to-man, person-to-person, why would you ever, if you're sitting there and you're a, a member of that organization, you work for that company, why would you ever think that you're any different? Yeah. So, <laughs> on that note, now I... Let, let's let's flip it the other way then for just a second. If they go thirteen and two, mm-hmm. and this is a group of guys, I've spent some time around most of these cats for mm-hmm. the last couple of years, and more than a handful of them are just chip on the shoulder guys anyway. Mm-hmm. I fundamentally, and I've said this on the podcast before, I said it throughout last season. I thought one of the things that really tripped them up was that they came in expecting to win and didn't have a chip on their shoulder last year. They kind of felt like, all right, we just got to get back to the postseason, then we got to hit better. And then stuff started falling apart, and they weren't ready to handle it. They didn't know who to turn to. They started the season in the state of Florida. (laughs) That that wasn't good. (laughs) They lost some of their best clubhouse leadership and Cargo and Para, and Mm -hmm. so during the the downtimes, there there wasn't a lot of, you know, stability They lost some of their looseness. Yeah. And... I don't think they got to that, hey, no one believes in us mentality still until they started doing the La Cucarachas thing at the end of the season when they started mm-hmm. playing better, but it was way too late. Sure. They were done. So 
what if in perfect like Disney movie form where the characters are, you know, in Miracle where the guys are punching each other in act one and then in act two they're saying, because we're a family, sir, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what if they, what if even the players turn that collective ire you were talking about against Jeff Breidich into phenomenal play on the field. So you think there's a chance that Jeff Breidich has alienated their best player and that's going to galvanize the clubhouse? Not and they're going to play well to spite him? More to play for, I guess, each other and or, or to themselves. To play for Nolan? Well, and, they're, and like you said... Most of these guys are playing for their next contracts. All the bad players that everybody knows, all, all the bad contracts, I should say, because some of them, it's arguable. But you know, all those guys are coming off the books except Desmond next year, who who just goes down uh, considerably. But like McGee, Shaw, Davis, all those guys, if they ever want to play another season in baseball again, they got to be their absolute best right now. You know, in all professional sports, guys mm-hmm. playing for their next contract. Money talks. Yeah, uh, all the arbitration guys, mm-hmm. Dahl. If he wants to make real money, now's the time. Freeland, if he wants to make real money, now's the time. Ryan McMahon's just getting to that stage. Now's the time. If Trevor Story wants to start setting records and be one of those guys rather than someone who just makes pretty good money in arbitration, mm-hmm. now's the time. You don't come out and take the season just because you don't like your GM. Sure. Like not, I'm not. I'm just. I'm coming up. It's with true. This. Is, am I, have I done? Yeah. No. Yet? I mean, like it's. It's true. Like there's a way that these guys could come out and they're going to be fired up and they will be able to focus on the task at hand of winning baseball games. But this this relationships, everyday relationships in an organization, you see people every day. Yeah, just every damn day. It's. I mean, it just and even in my sport, yeah. you know, it's. Every day you're there at the rink, you see these guys, you're working out with them, you're practicing with them, then you're playing with them, you're on the plane with them, you're traveling with them. You're constantly exposed to these guys. They're around all the time. I see the front office guys for the abs as much as I do the players. Sure. And assuming that that's even remotely similar to in in baseball, I mean, relationships matter. Day-to-day relationships matter. And when you have a rift with major parties here, this is not like, you know, a middle reliever in your backup third baseman or something, you know, like, like feuding, like, oh, they won't speak to each other. And everybody's like, who cares? (laughs) Right, Good. They don't need to. These are like the two like principles of principles in your organization. And it's going to be really hard to bury that every single day. They're going to have to have some sort of like campfire kumbaya come to jesus moment right in spring training otherwise they're not going to be able to get through it i totally agree I, it's I don't, just unrealistic people no. are people right it, it yeah you can't function as a baseball club certainly not over the course of 162 they, they could get hot and but like you get off to a hot start that almost makes the problem worse going back to what you were talking about because then if they get off to a hot start i can see them going well i guess there's no problem at all we'll keep everything as it is we'll pretend like there was never an issue and then as soon as there's a lull in the middle of the season guys are ready to kill each other because they've been on the road for weeks and weeks and now sure. stuff is boiled over and this kind of you know i just yeah I just I can't I believe think they're going to roll into the season like this. The possibility that these guys end up playing for themselves and not each other 
and they end up, you know, stat chasing and worrying about the contract and worrying about getting out of Dodge because this has become a toxic environment. You just don't want to be around it every day. Right. I think that's high. The it's, funny thing it's is a just- lot higher than them galvanizing and going against Jeff Breidich because at the end of the day, they do that at ultimately Jeff Breidich wins. He does nothing to make the team better. Ends right. up being right that these guys are good enough, and Jeff Breidich looks like a genius. Yeah. He looks like an accidental genius, but a genius. It may also just have always been the case that this team was better than they were ever given credit for. But and we're not in the position anymore where they that just gets to be even, part of the discussion. That's one of the things that's most brutal about what's happened here is it's like you – right. Like, even if it's completely legitimate, like, mm-hmm. it's – borderline irrelevant at this point it is irrelevant it just does not matter anymore yeah uh he can't it's just it's an insane proposition to go into a season acting as though this has not happened i don't have the you know the, the, it's absolutely crazy. The only way I could maybe make sense of this is if I headed over to Blake Street Tavern, grabbed a couple of Breckenridge brews, sat there for a minute, stared at the nice brick walls they've got. They've got some fancy lights up on the screen. Maybe what last time we were there, we were watching Larry Walker get inducted to the Hall of Fame, but also I'll be there there's tonight KU for the Nuggets and, game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nuggets game going on. Um, totally lost in the news cycle was uh it, it was KU and and K-State getting <laughs> getting in the full on brawl my Jayhawks picking up stools and turning it into smackdown that got ridiculous yeah uh, also it was great meeting your mom right your mom's awesome i wholeheartedly agree yeah and she'll she'll be happy to hear that she listens to oh. <laughs> all of these so shout um, out mom Creaseman. yeah uh it, there were a lot of people that came out like Somebody, one of Dan Evans' friends, and now I'm sorry I forgot her name. It's just escaping me at this moment. Like, flew out for the event. Uh, there were people driving in from all over the place. So we really appreciate uh, Blake Street Tavern having us. And if there, were, if you were there, you didn't miss any of it. You saw the Larry Walker stuff, but you could have just peeked around the corner and check out that basketball fight. Yep. If there had been anything else on. The day before, I'm sure they they were playing uh, plenty of hockey. That's what I was doing the day before. It was crazy to think back to. What was happening? Oh, yeah. Right before my whole day became about Peter Gammons and then became about all this other stuff, it had been about Avs Red Wings. Ugh, and what a day that was. <laughs> if you're ever curious what an NHL team versus an AHL team looks like, that was it. Uh, so, as a lot of you know, I've been getting into hockey this year, and, and don't worry, we're going to save that for the hockey pod. But what I am going to do is recommend you come check out the hockey pod that AJ and I are about to do, and you know, vice versa. If people are more into hockey, we're hoping that maybe they'll start to learn a little bit more baseball, and we're all going to start learning rugby from Colton. That's going to be a lot of fun. Looks, I'm really looking forward to our first DNVR outing to a Raptors game. Yeah. That's going to be ridiculous. I'm, I'm very excited. But uh, this is going to be a, a fun little crossover thing that we're doing. So if you want to hear my thoroughly uneducated opinion on hockey, uh, make sure you check out the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, AJ, unless you've got any other miscellaneous thoughts you want to share about this Rocky sit, there's so much going on. I was like, is, yeah. there, is there any no, other? No, I mean, you know, we'll, we could do it again sometime. Yeah. Oh, we could actually talk about baseball. I know, right? It's just, I saw somebody post uh, the other day, I I can't remember who it was, the tweet just said, 
I miss real baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. I posted like two weeks ago that I miss the Rockies. I right. Just, just before all of this. And, yeah. And now it was like, I think I'm rockies out for a while. Yeah. I kind of just don't want to think about it until spring training. Well, Rockies Fest is tomorrow. Yeah, please please get the story thing done, too. Oh, let's, Rockies fans deserve some good news before the season starts. Yeah. Larry Walker was great and will forever be great, right. but it's time to get back to more good news. Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you for listening in. Make sure you're following everybody on all the social media that you're subscribing to, the dnbr.com. Also, subscribe to all the podcasts on whatever app you got using out there. Make sure you check out dnbrlocker.com. And just, you know, keep being totally cool. For AJ Hayfley, I'm Drew Creaseman. Thank you for listening into this episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Hey guys, I was just sitting here talking to Lindsay about Total Bev's new app. It's incredible. You can shop 5,000 different wines, 2,000 beers, 3,500 spirits, anytime, anywhere. Better yet, you can have Total Beverage shop for you and pick it up inside prepaid and waiting for you. Wait a second, that is so cool. So can I still get it delivered if I use the app? Absolutely. I know you guys have heard of their delivery service. Total Beverage will deliver to your house within 90 minutes or less. We can even save you 10 bucks on a purchase of 50. Use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout. What's also amazing, BSN fam, if you can't find an item you want, Total Bev will give you suggestions of similar items on the shelf. Or you can request a special item right from your phone. It really doesn't get much better than that. Remember, use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout to save. That's T-O-T-A-L-L-Y 10.